Characters Here podcast. I am your host, Arthur and artist, Sharday. On this show, we talk about our goals and dreams and becoming our better selves. You'll be inspired by incredible interviews and motivated by success stories. And the best part is you'll be a part of the community. Yes, you can be a character too. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at SLF underscore entertainment. And for more information, visit charactersheer.com. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Hello, everybody. This is Charday, your host of Characters Here Podcast. I am just so lively on this on this beautiful day. But anyways, we're gonna get right into the podcast. I am interviewing writer, self-published Arthur, and she's gonna start her and she's working on starting her own publishing company. Big things popping. This is Miss Black Diamond. And I learned so much from interviewing with her. And I know you will too. I always learn a lot from the people I interview. But I know you will too. That's why I do this. Um, she inspired this episode to be titled Support Yourself First. So I just wrote down some notes because I learned from my last episode. <laughs> I need to just write these notes down. So I jot down some quick notes on, you know, what all I could talk about and make sure I stay on track. So it's much, even though I wrote these notes down, they still a little all over the place, but at least I wrote them down. Okay. <laughs> so support yourself first. When it comes to your dreams and what you want out of life. You're the very first person to know exactly what you want out of life. So you shouldn't really expect people to automatically like be like, oh, yeah, I got you. I got you. Now, we do have people that will go to bat for us like no other. But at the end of the day, that is love. OK, <laughs> so, you know, that's going to be there. But. You have to realize that when it comes to the things that you want and what you're dreaming about and what you're going after, you are you are first. You are you know the ins and out of what you're trying to do. And so you should you are your first supporter. Don't expect people to jump on board with you and support you from the gate. People don't know every detail of what you're trying to do and people don't know what you're thinking, but they are seeing like some of what you're doing. So you should support yourself first because you can always count on yourself. It makes you responsible for your outcome. It makes you responsible for your dreams coming true. It makes you work harder and push farther. It gives you a drive that no matter what, you can say at least you went for it. And that's I think that's the most beautiful thing to get out of it is that even if whatever you're trying to do, it doesn't happen the way you want it to or it doesn't you know, come to fruition, that you can say, you know what, I did go for it. That's all that matters. But remember, don't stop no matter what. Keep going. I just want y'all to know that no one will be as passionate as you. Uh, no matter how many people catch on and start supporting you, you can say that you started this thing. So know that for whatever you're trying to do in life, whatever you're going for, no matter what it is, you are your first supporter. So we're going to jump right into this episode with Miss Black Diamond. Beautiful, beautiful interview. I hope y'all enjoyed and I'll talk to y'all later in another little talk.
Originally from Charleston, South Carolina, now residing in Greensboro, North Carolina, she is a contemporary African-American fiction author and poet. In a relationship as of Christmas Eve 2017, she bought her first home at 25, self-published her first novel at 27, currently starting her own publishing company at 28 years young, and a special guest on Characters Here, Black Diamond. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. We're going to jump right into the interview. So take us back. What was your childhood like? Um, well, my childhood was not a very good one. Um, mm-hmm. It was filled with a lot of um, childhood abuse and neglect um, and just a lot of things that kind of made me have like a low self-esteem and um, not a lot of confidence in myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I am the oldest girl of six children. Wow. Um, I have an older brother, but I'm the oldest, oldest uh, girl out of the six. And what was it that um, made you like as a child, you know, kind of get out of that mindset or what was it that happened? to make you build yourself up? It didn't happen in my childhood. I definitely know that. Even as a young adult, I still suffered a lot from the different things that I experienced as a child and different uh, traumas and stuff that I experienced as a young adult. Um, I would have to say what got me out of it, I think I was about 24, actually, when mm. my life kind of started turning around. Um when I, you know, went out on my own and started doing my own thing, kind of started living for me. And yes. that's kind of when, you know, I kind of broke out of that, the chains basically of abuse, the cycle that I've been going through, you know, from childhood on to into dating relationships and things like that. So I think age of 24 is when I kind of really, you know, came out of all of that and started, you know, building and working on me. So I stopped, you know, dating um, I wanted basically to spend that time to, you know, concentrate on me and trying to get right. myself together and, you know, trying to make a better me because I felt like, you know, I had always been a victim and I didn't want to be a victim anymore. When you were a kid, what did you want to be as an adult? And do you still believe that um, where you are today had something to do with your thoughts as kids? Because I know a lot of times when we grow up, we kind of forget about those childhood dreams. So what was one of your childhood dreams? Um, As a child, I wanted to be an author. Um, And actually, my fifth grade teacher is the one who encouraged me to, you know, go for that dream. Um, You know, and two, writing was just a basic form of therapy for me to help me through those tough years that, you know, I endured as a child because it was a way for me to write down my innermost feelings, things that I couldn't say out loud. I was able to write. Um, And it was, you know, it helped me to get through a lot. And so, um, you know, when my teacher, you know, discovered that, you know, I had a natural talent for writing, she urged me to continue and develop and, um, you know, just, use my talent to get me out of my situation. Um, that's not the way how I got out of it, but I never <laughs> forgot, you know, that yeah. talent. I never stopped pursuing that talent. So I've been writing off and on since the age of 11 um, from poetry, 
poetry to children's stories to just different, um, you know, little short stories dealing with things I've experienced in life and then just using my imagination as well. But, um, you know, I finally, at the age of 26, you know, started to actually want that as a career um, mm-hmm. instead of it just being a hobby or just a form of therapy. So I started posting snippets of poems and stories and things that I've written over the years on Facebook and Twitter and things like that. And the feedback that I started getting from people, you know, they wanted more, they wanted to see more and they, you know, oh, you should be an author. And, you know, they kind of gave me that push, that encouragement that I needed to go ahead and pursue that childhood dream. Um, And so I did that. Do you remember like a story from your childhood that sticks with you today, like one of your favorite stories that you read multiple times? Um, I was a huge fan of Junie B. Jones. Like oh. I was always intrigued with the different adventures and things that she went on. So I yeah. think, you know, reading was like my another therapy. It was another escape because I could go into somebody else's world and, you know, forget about mine for that moment and be somebody else and you know live the things that they were living through the different stories mm-hmm. and do you remember the first story or poem you ever wrote and what it was about um the first story I wrote um was a story called lost love mm-hmm. and it was a story about a little girl who um her best friend was a dog and her dog ended up dying mm-hmm. so you know she was very depressed and sad and, you know, just things weren't going right for her um, because basically she didn't have any friends growing up in school and things like that. Mm -hmm. So her father one day went out and got her another dog and she found out later that the dog that her dog, that her father got her was actually a puppy from her dog. Um, And so basically it was like, she was able to, you know, love on that dog the same as she did her other dog. And she felt some kind of closeness towards the dog because it came from her previous dog. Um, And so that was like my first story I actually wrote when I was 11 in the fifth grade. And I actually had to read it out loud to Mm -hmm. my, you know, my peers. And I was you know, shy back then. And, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't think it was that good, but, you know, everybody else liked it and my teacher liked it. So, you know, it kind of made me proud that people liked it. But because I did have, you know, such um, low self-esteem, I really didn't think it was all that good. Mm. So what inspired you to self-publish your first book? And what was that process like for you? Due to the demanding, you know, everyday tasks that I have to do as far as my job and, Mm -hmm. you know, other things that I have that I'm working on. Um, I did kind of go back and forth with, you know, did I want to be traditionally published or did I want to self-publish? I went through the pros and cons of both. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I finally, you know, came up with the decision, you know, that I wanted to self-publish. I felt that it would benefit me more um, because I needed that flexibility. Mm -hmm. I needed be able to publish, you know, when I wanted to publish, what I wanted to publish, you know, um, you know, nowadays, traditionally publish, um, publishing houses, you know, they only accept certain types of, you know, manuscripts, Mm -hmm. they only publish certain genres and things like that. So um, that's kind of what made me lean more towards self publishing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I knew it was more 
of a, I guess, a financial burden, I guess you would say, because being self-published, you take on all the responsibility of the financial part of marketing and editing and, you know, getting graphic designers and all of that. But I was willing to invest in myself. Mm. So to me, it was an investment. It wasn't like a burden. It wasn't, you know, an expense. It was an investment for me. And so as far as the process goes, um, my first time, <laughs> it did not go so well because <laughs> I was so eager to publish. I didn't really take in consideration like the whole editing. Like I paid for an editor, mm-hmm. um, and because I wasn't familiar with you know how the editing process goes, basically they just kind of took my money, mm-hmm. but really didn't do that much of the editing. And you know, I actually got feedback because I sent out my book to be reviewed Mm -hmm. and the feedback that I got, it really crushed my spirits. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, I can't believe I just put this out here. And it's horrible. (laughs) And they were like, the story was good, but the editing was such horrible that they just, they would have to give it a two star. And I was like, Oh no, I don't. (laughs) Right. So I went back and basically revamped the whole story. I actually added more to the story mm-hmm. and then I actually got a better editor and I actually started um, researching uh, different editing uh, methods myself. Mm-hmm. And so even though I send my books to an editor, I also you know go over the editor's edits myself mm-hmm. and make any changes um, that's necessary just you know so that I'll have a, as flawless a manuscript as I possibly could. Um, yes. And so you know that's helped a lot with um, my books I've published since then. And when I actually republished the first book, I got better response um, because, you know, the story was, you know, more developed, the editing was a whole lot better. And so, you know, I was able to continue to publish now with the new knowledge that I've gained um, as far as how the whole editing and, you know, process goes. And, you know, with um, self-publishing, I found that sometimes people have the you know, when you're working on something, you're like, oh, I love doing this. But it's like that one part that you don't too much enjoy. Do you have a mm-hmm. part within the self-publishing that you're not too fond of? <laughs> I I guess I would say the marketing end of it, because mm-hmm. that is just the hardest part, like trying to find the right audience, trying to find, um, you know, people who would actually read what you write. You know, there's mm-hmm. people there be like, oh, yeah, I read it. I read it. I'm interested. And then when you send it to them, you don't hear nothing. Right. It's it's like, you know, dang, if you weren't going to read it, why did you waste my time? So the hardest part, I would say, is finding my audience. And that's what I'm still struggling with, you know, five books later, mm-hmm. is trying to find that right audience that who are into what I write. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say the same for myself. It's that I think my biggest biggest support group has to be my family but then outside of that you know (laughs) it's like okay I need more people and speaking of support like what do you do you have family and friends that um read your writing and what do they think of it um actually I don't um I would have to say my supporters are my readers um my readers are my supporters of course God is my supporter and I am my own 
supporter. You know, other than that, I don't have any supporters. I don't have any help. I don't have anybody volunteering to, oh, I'll be a beta reader or, you know, oh, I'll help you edit. No, I don't have any of that. It's like everything as far as support goes, I have to pay people for as far as, you know, the process of, you know, publishing. Um, but other than that, you know, that's it. You know, it used to upset me in the beginning, mm-hmm. but, you know, eventually I was like, you know, I'm used to not having that support in my life. Mm-hmm. So why should I think this be any different? Eventually I had to, you know, just kind of brush it off and, and keep going because I wasn't going to let me let it stop me from pursuing, you know, my dreams, whether they're with me or without me. I'm going to keep going. Right. I think that's such a big thing, too especially learning, you think, um, or I hear a lot of times, you know, like I'm this age and I'm supposed to already have this stuff down, but life is just really a a roller coaster. And I think what really helps is those experiences that we go through that we do learn from and pick up on and know that it is to build us and make us better. And I like how you said you just, it doesn't stop you. Like what, what really keeps you going? Um, actually, I I can say that's one of the things that do keep me going, knowing that I don't have people that will back me up. You know, that's one of my biggest motivations is, you know, you know, people that have doubted me, people that have said, oh, you're never going to amount to anything. You're not going to do it. I mean, that kind of is what keeps me going because I'm proving them wrong. Yes. You know, I'm proving everything that they said about me isn't true. And of course, pursuing my dream. I mean, I love writing. Mm-hmm. I love reading. Mm-hmm. So anything related to that, I'm definitely going to give it my all and put all my all into it because it's something that I love. And how much of your personal life is used in your books or do you use any of your personal life in them? Um, I would actually <laughs> have to say a lot <laughs> of what I um, write, I do put a lot of my real life in it. Like, I mean, even to the point of like, what kind of guys that my female characters are attracted to, because, you know, those are the same guys I'm attracted (laughs) to. Um, You know, there was even a time where I was actually having a snack and I went and got some watermelon and you know basically my character happens to be going to get a snack too and their snack happens watermelon you know sometimes I'm really inputting things that you know even um even occupations like Mm. some of my characters will have certain occupations that either I've worked before or I know people have worked before or I have co-workers you know so I kind of input a lot of my life into um the things I write because for me, it's reality. Mm-hmm. You know, it's my reality right. in some ways. Not all of the situations, but, you know, some of it is reality. And how do you come up with characters' names? Well, a lot of it comes from my imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I do a lot um, with social media. Like, I will post, like, on Twitter or Facebook. You know, I'm looking for a pretty girl's name that starts with the letter T. And, you know, people are comment, giving me different names, you know, and then I'll just go through and like, hmm, okay, I like this. Now nah, I don't like that. <laughs> and sometimes that's how I'll get a name as well, you know, mm-hmm. um, or I ask, you know, coworkers or, you know, anybody. Sometimes I'll just ask strangers, like, um. okay, what do you think is a good name for a character who is such and such this personality or, you know, and, you know, people will give me suggestions. But for the most part, you know, I just kind of come up with them on my own. Mm. own. 
And the speaking of characters' name, because I've never asked another Arthur this. This is just stuff that I'm like, let me start asking these questions. <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes to the character, like as far as character name, do you are once you hear their name, is it like, okay, then I know exactly who this person is going to be? Or you already have a person and the name just fits with it, like the description of the person and the names fit with it? Um, For the most part, I kind of like... You know, I already know the person's personality. Usually the name comes last. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll always know, you know, what the person looks like, their personality, you know, and then it's like now I gotta find a name to fit this person. Like what do they look like or their character features or whatever? Cause sometimes, you know, people like say for instance, you'll meet somebody and I'm like, Oh, my name is, you know, Sharon. Mm-hmm. And you'll be like, Oh, you look like a Sharon. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Sometimes it's like, you know, people, their names kind of fit them. Yeah. And so sometimes that's what I try to do with my character. So I'll come up with the name last mm. to make sure that it kind of, you know, goes with the character. That's cool. So what do you like about writing contemporary African-American fiction? Well, when I first started writing, I, it was hard for me to, you know, distinguish which genre that my books fell you know, at first I was like, well, I mean, is it general fiction? Is it urban fiction? I mean, what is it? I don't, I, I, it was a hard, it was hard for me to determine like what category that it fit in. And so I started like doing my research when it came to like the different genres. And I was like, okay, well, no, it don't fit in this one. Okay, it's not that. So then I found contemporary fiction. I was like, okay, we'll see what is contemporary. And I was like, okay, contemporary is modern. Okay, yeah, my books are modern. They happen in today's time. So I was like, okay, well, they will be considered contemporary fiction. And then I was like, okay, well, majority of my stories, um, my characters are either African-American, biracial, or are in interracial relationships. So I said with modern and African-American, okay, I'm contemporary African-American fiction. You know, it might be a whole lot to swallow <laughs> at one time, but that's what I consider, you know, my genre of writing. It's everyday life. The characters just happen so to be, you know, Black or African-American or, you know, interracial, biracial, but you know, it's modern day society. It's normal everyday dramas that everybody goes through, whether it's, you know, infidelity, baby mama drama, you know, all of those different kinds of situations. And that's what I write about. Has there been one of your books or stories that you ever wrote and you're like, did I write that? <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> and unfortunately, my style of writing has backfired on oh. me. Because, like, a lot of my coworkers, you know, they've, you know, read, um, well, some of my coworkers have read my books and they're like, you know what? I can't even look at you the same anymore. No. And I'm like, why? <laughs> they're like, I thought you were innocent. I was like, I gave you that impression. Like, I've never portrayed myself as being innocent. I'm yeah. just quiet. I keep to myself. But, yeah. you know, I've never given the impression that I'm innocent. Right. And they're like, I see what you be doing now. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I was like, well, I just have a a vivid imagination. Yes. (laughs) In my books. And they're like, oh my goodness. Like, I I don't even know what to say to you anymore. (laughs) 
<laughs> Could you tell us which book that was? <laughs> um, actually, all of them. Wow. Like they tell me that like every time they're like, "Oh my goodness! Like, how did you know how to do this? Like, let me find out." You. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny to me. It definitely is. It definitely gives me a chuckle, you know, to have them have that type of reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, you know, it's just, you know, maybe this is just my uh, alter ego, you know, right. it comes out in my writing. Yes. And then also, <laughs> like, with coming up with names, how do you come up with titles? What is your process with coming up with the book title? Um, usually the title comes after I come up with the story. Mm. It's like my storylines always come up first. I already can imagine like the whole story from beginning to end. It's like it kind of comes to me like a a, a movie. Mm. And I can just picture everything happening. Now it's just the trouble of getting it all down the same <laughs> way I imagined it happening. Yeah. <laughs> it's like my titles, it just kind of comes along with that brief, you know, st- movie that I've, you know, seen in my head. Mm-hmm. And, you know, basically that's how I come up with my st- my um, titles. And for the most part, when I come up with the title, that's the title I stick with. Like, nice. there hasn't really been a time that I've, oh, no, never mind. I don't like that title. Mm-hmm. But usually my titles stick and they they match the story see and i think that's what i like too like you said the freedom of self-publishing you come up with your own titles you can publish it when you want to and (laughs) it's so much freedom because when i'm hearing stories about other people who are under someone else or another uh publishing company it's like no the title has to be this and it's like oh (laughs) yeah i don't think i like i don't like the fact of being under contract oh you have to you know put out one book a year or, you know, five books a year, you know, I didn't want that. You know, I wanted to be able to put up, if an idea came to me and I wanted to finish the story and, you know, I wanted to do it in a year, then I could, you know, it wasn't like me being pressured to, you know, come up with these different stories in this amount of time and then, you know, get it published. Like, I like that flexibility. So you are working in the works of your very own publishing company. What got you interested Mm -hmm. on that side of the booking industry and decide to do this? Um, well, working as a self-published author, you're basically already working as a publisher. Mm. You're already taking on the responsibilities of a publisher mm. when you're fitting the bill for marketing, editing, you know, um, graphic design, formatting, you know, all of yes. that. So I felt, you know, because right now I'm just publishing under my pen name, which is Black Diamond. Yes. But I wanted to make it you know, a little more authentic. You know, I wanted the fact of having my own company. Mm. So, um, you know, because it's a part of my writing dream as well. You know, all of that is part of, you know, being a published author. So I thought, you know, okay, why not start your own publishing company? You know, why not? You know, and then it you know, I do want to sign other authors, mm. you know, I mean, I have people come up to me all the time, especially other, um, 
you know, people that know that I'm an author, especially other blind and visually impaired people that know I'm author. And, you know, they want me to read their work. Oh, they want me to give them suggestions. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm not an expert or anything. <laughs> but, you know, I don't mind sharing, you know, the trials and tribulations that come along with it because it is definitely not easy. Oh, no. It's just happen overnight it's just not going to happen just like that no. but you know i want to help others who also dream of being an author pursue their dream as well mm-hmm. as well you know right alongside me pursuing my dreams so i felt that you know for now i would be my own client yes. you know keep working on trying to build up my uh image build up my you know, writing our reputation. Mm-hmm. And then I would extend that out to others who also want to do the same thing. And in doing what you have done thus far, like what have you learned about yourself? <laughs> I've definitely learned that I have an active imagination. <laughs> 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 I basically kind of learned the ins and outs of the behind the scenes of how books are made, you know, how, um, you know, the business side of being an author, what's that all about? Because being self-published, you actually work as basically an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you know, out there pushing your own work. So you're working as a business already. Yeah. Um, and so I've been able to, you know, learn a lot as far as marketing and things like that. And, you know, just even off of other authors, what works, what doesn't work, Mm -hmm. um, you know, what could I improve? What could I make better? So it's all been a very, very good learning experience for me. Um, as far as being a business person, um, and actually pursuing my dream. And just for those that are listening, what advice could you give them if they want to become an author self-published or traditionally or want to even start their own publishing company what advice could you give them to start um i would basically say if writing is your passion then go for it you know it's not going to help you with okay you love to write and this is what you want to do but you're just sitting back just not doing anything with it you know you actually need to get out there and make it happen you know however you have to make it happen whether you want to be self-published or whether you want to be traditionally published you have to go out there things aren't just going to be handed to you so you have to go out there and do it um whether you want to be an author whether you want to be a publisher or both Mm -hmm. um you know you just have to use your talents that god bless you with you know go out there develop them if you need more development um do your research um always keep reading keep learning Mm -hmm. um you know because being an author and being anything kind of dealing with the literary world you have to love to read yeah (laughs) you know i feel like you know reading is the first step if you're an avid reader and then you know because some people who read they may not want to write you know but they might just love to read but for the most part a lot of people i know you know, reading is the first step. They love to read, so then they want to make and create their own stories. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have to love what you do. Mm-hmm. You can't just do something just to do it. I mean, you really have to love it. And if it's your passion and it's your love, then that determination um, will actually lead you into pursuing it as a dream. Yes. What is one thing you could say about fear? I feel a lot of people let fear 
get them or hold them back from things? Like what do you think people can learn to tackle fear? Um, fear. I can definitely speak on that from experience because I think I would have done this a long time ago mm-hmm. if I wasn't afraid that, oh, people wasn't going to like my work or, you know, I wasn't going to be able to do this because, you know, that I'm disabled or, mm-hmm. you know, I had a lot of fear and doubt and, you know, just self, I wouldn't say self-loathing, mm-hmm. but just a lot of like, I, I just felt like I couldn't do it. And so, but once I finally, you know, was able to conquer that fear and to be able to step out on faith and believe in myself, then I was able to do it. So the only thing I can feel that can fight fear, have faith in yourself and your abilities and your passion and your drive. You know, you have to have faith in yourself basically to get you wherever you want to be in life. If you don't have that faith in yourself, then yeah, fear is going to take over. And fear is going to stop you from pursuing what you want to pursue. So true. Is there a quote that you live by or a book that you've read or even a person in your life that keeps you going? And this can be more than one thing, one of those things. Um, well, my first quote that I live by um, personally is, you know, I may have lost my sight, but I haven't lost my vision. Mm. Um, I see my future and it's, it's straight ahead. Yeah. Like, And I say that. I feel like, yeah, I lost my sight, but I haven't lost my abilities. I haven't lost my dreams. I still go out there every day and pursue my dreams, whatever they may be. And I don't let any barriers, anything stop me from going after what it is I want. Um, and another one I would say is, I'll have to say too, that I had to learn in life um, while searching for love that I've never received from others mm-hmm. is, you know, basically you have to learn to love yourself. Yes. And so to me, I always say love is a, a triangle. You love God, then you love yourself, then you can love others. If you can't love God, then how can you love yourself or anybody else? Um, so I feel like Love God first, then do self-love. Mm-hmm. Learn how to love yourself, and that's how you can learn to love other people and teach other people how you want to be loved. That's an even bigger um, So basically, that's what I had to learn, you know, throughout my life, um, searching for that love that I never received at home mm-hmm. or, you know, through a man or, you know, through friends, family, that type yeah. of thing. And that's something I had to learn the hard way. Right. Mm-hmm. I like that. The triangle love, love, God, mm-hmm. self-love, and then you can love others. That's really, mm-hmm. really, really good message. If you could go back and tell your younger self anything, like leave a message for yourself, what would you tell your younger self? Hmm. Basically, to never devalue yourself in the name of love. Mm-hmm. Basically, we're searching for love. Um, you know, learn to love yourself first, Mm -hmm. you know, don't put yourself in any situation just to feel love because, you know, not all love is good love Mm -hmm. all the time, all the ways that people may, you know, say they love you or show they love you is, is not true love. Right. Just never, you know, put yourself in, in those type of situations that end up hurting you more than actually helping you. True. And, you know, that's something I had to learn with being, you know, in a domestic violence situation and, you know, things like that, because I thought that was love. Because for me, love always meant pain. 
That's the mm-hmm. only love I've ever known is somebody hurting me, somebody, you know, mistreating me, mm-hmm. you know, from my own family to, you know, being in relationships. That's all I ever thought love was. So, you know, that's something I really had to learn that, you know, that's not love. Right. And you should never, you know, put yourself in a predicament like that just to make yourself feel like you're loved. And that's exactly why I created this podcast, too. Like, I learned so much. Like, I got a lot just from hearing you. And I just want to thank you so much. But we're not finished. (laughs) We're moving straight to the fun, random question part that I just love. This is like my favorite part of the interview. So I'm going to ask you some crazy questions. And then you just tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Are you ready? I am. First question. What is your favorite genre of music? Uh, 90s, R&B, all day. Oh, yes. <laughs> no hesitation. That's like, even though I'm a fan of like 70s, 80s, yeah. um, maybe early 2000s, but 90s, hands down, nobody can beat the 90s. Nobody can beat the 90s. It's like a golden <laughs> decade or something. <laughs> Yes, because I'm into like the um, 90s hip hop as well. Yes. But 90s aren't, yes, 90s was the year. It It really was. If you had to eat this food item every day for a year, what would it be? Um, Shrimp. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) Now, I don't know if I really would be able to eat it every day for a year, but I guess because I haven't had to. Yeah. But, um,. You know, just off the top of my head, yes, sure. I, it would be because that's something I love. I grew up on seafood, mm-hmm. so like I always make sure I have at least five bags of shrimp in my freezer nice. at all times. Oh my goodness! And I like to cook it all the different kinds of ways. So I, was I love ask you that too. I was like, what different <laughs> recipes do you do with it? <laughs> Oh my gosh, I saute it, I bake it, I grill it. Oh, <laughs> that just sounds so good right now. <laughs> I mean, I do all kinds of stuff with oh it, so goodness. I love me some shrimp. <laughs> what was the funniest thing you ever heard that makes you laugh to this day? <laughs> Nothing in particular. Like, I am really a giggle box, so I laugh at just about anything. Like, I can find something funny from the just the craziest stuff, mm-hmm. so... I can laugh about, I mean, I'm always laughing. And that's what people tell me all the time. Like, you're always laughing and smiling. And, <laughs> and I was like, I can't help it. It's just my spirit. Yes. Like, And that's why when people meet me, they're like, oh, my gosh. Like, I would have never known, you know, you went through as much as you have because you just, you just don't see them mm-hmm. like it. You know, you just always seem so happy. And I was like, oh, you'd be surprised. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, so that's just my nature. That's just my spirit. It's a beautiful spirit to have. Um, what is your favorite holiday and why? Oh, uh, Christmas. Oh, yeah. Um, aside from it being the time that we celebrate the life of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. I also think for some reason, for me, it seems like during the Christmas time, Christmas season, really, um, that's when people seem to be the most charitable. Like, yeah. they're willing to give. And, and that's the only time of year it seems like people are so giving. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that's why I kind of like that more. And also, you know, all the pretty decorations uh-huh. and, you know, just people going all out with the decorations. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I like all of that. So <laughs> It is nice. And it just seems, too, there's more people, tr- like, come together, too. Like uh, with yeah. my family, everybody yeah. seems to come together and gravitate together, whether it's mm-hmm. over food or just celebrating um, 
Jesus Christ, like really the reason why we come together anyway. I wish it was year round. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I'll take it. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you Definitely. could meet anyone, who would it be and why? Um, I would have to say Michelle Obama. Mm. Yeah, she is like an inspiration to me. Like, I really oftentimes wish that, you know, maybe I had her as a mother mm. because I feel like, you know, I probably would have had a better, you know, self-image of myself um, growing up. I think my self-confidence and self-esteem would have been a lot more positive Mm -hmm. um, because she's just so regal. She's just, I mean, she's like, her spirit is just like, she just radiates like that positive light. And, you know, it makes you like, oh my goodness, like, wow. She was so and just motivating right so i would definitely love to meet her if i ever had the opportunity and if you could be any character from any tv show cartoon movie book anything what character would you be and why i would have to say sandy from spongebob oh i'm a huge fan of spongebob yes i'm a big fan i love spongebob yes <laughs> I love SpongeBob, but I love Sandy as well. Mm-hmm. Like she's just such a goofball, and like she reminds me of myself so much. Like, <laughs> it's just, I feel like I can relate to her so much. Oh my Even goodness. though she's the only, you know, land creature, you know, you know, a sea, full of sea creatures, you know, and that's how I feel sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like I'm the oddball out, mm-hmm. you know. Like okay, when it comes to like my friends, like I'm the only one that doesn't drink. So mm-hmm. you know, they, you know, they're always teasing me and and doing different things. Like always that. trying to <laughs> tell you to drink something. You're like, I just told you I don't drink now. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I feel like sometimes I'm be I be the all ball in different situations. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why I can you know relate to Sandy so much. You know, than any other like different characters and stuff. Yeah. And you know, I love her laugh too. She has a little funny laugh. <laughs> Oh, she was from Texas too, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah that accent. <laughs> yes, yes. Love Sandy. <laughs> and then, how can people reach you on social media or email? Get get them all your information. <laughs> <laughs> I can be emailed at writerblackdiamond at gmail.com and that's spelled W R I T R B L A Q U E D I A M O N D at gmail.com. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash heart of my words. Um, my Facebook fan page is facebook.com slash writer black diamond. I'm on Instagram as writer black diamond. Um, let's see. I'm on Goodreads. You can follow my um, Goodreads page at goodreads.com slash black diamond books. Also on Amazon at amazon.com slash author slash black diamond. And you can also visit my website at writerblackdiamond.com and you can check out like my published books, um, check out my biography, um, take fun quizzes on some of my books if you've read any of them. Um, You can also follow my blog where I interview other indie authors, um, post poetry, book excerpts, um, just different things I do kind of just all related to me and writing. Um, so all that can be found on my website at writerblackdiamond.com. 
Nice. Thank you so much for doing this interview with me. You are the first interview to kick off this year, 2018. <laughs> and it's really oh, exciting. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I really, really enjoyed this interview. Like, it rem- I took a break because I was like, you know, after Christmas, you know, you kind of want a break. <laughs> Yeah. So I was like, after yeah. this, I'm just gonna, you know, because I, I started in 2017. Well, in the summer of 2017, I started this podcast. And then mm-hmm. at once the year ended, I was like, well, 2018, you know, I, you know, when you have that break in between things, you kind of forget that feeling. And when I was mm-hmm. doing this now, that feeling came back on me. And I'm like, yeah, this is why I do this. So <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please leave a comment and share this episode. You can follow me on Twitter at Characters Here and learn more at charactershere.com. And remember, don't be a stranger, be a character. Be a character. Be a character.